finish up our discussion about Negro Bar, which is a state park in the Sacramento, California area. It is a, a bar, a sandy spot there by the, uh, is that the American River? I'm bad at remembering river names. There's uh, the Nile. That one's in Egypt. Uh, I want to get this right. Yeah, I think that's the American River. Anyway, um, it, it was the, the sandy area where African-American black miners panned for golds during the 1850s. It was known for the longest time as Enner Bar, but... Uh, then people decided quite appropriately that perhaps Negro Bar would be a better name for it. And then, for some reason, this is getting national coverage. Some gal from who was driving for Uber Eats, who's from a different part of the state of California, um, stopped at a red light and spotted a sign on the other side of the street, Negro Bar, it read. Ms. Jones, age 29, instantly felt uncomfortable, and I quote, being a black woman, I immediately rolled up both of my windows and looked in my rearview mirror and looked around to make sure I was safe because I wasn't sure what was going on. Seems like an odd reaction to a state park sign. After I had the delivery, I left town right away. What? Then she looked into it, and Negro Bar State Recreation Area got its name because of the miners. It got a more decent name in the 60s, thank goodness. Um, and wants the name to be changed. She has circulated a petition, has more than 18,000 signatures. Last week, the California Department of Parks and Rec began looking at the possibility of changing Negro Bar's name. On the other hand, a hell of a lot of black folks don't want that to happen, and they don't share her discomfort. Because of its historical significance, the park's been the site of Juneteenth celebrations, which is the big uh, the uh, 13th Amendment passing um, celebration. Is that right, 13th Amendment? or It was a, a, a big, giant, freeing the slaves thing. It started in, in the South, in Texas, I think. And events honoring the Buffalo Soldiers. You know, freed blacks conscripted into the army, often sent to fight the Indians. A really an ugly but fascinating chapter in American history. And some residents have argued that removing the name Negro Bar would erase the memory of the pioneering black miners. I think that's absolutely true. Now, I, I do not subscribe to it. In fact, I despise the idea that only people of a certain race can talk about any issue that has to do with it or, or, um, or, or that a, a white person, black person can exchange ideas. I just despise that. It's the worst sort of racism. But I, you know, I would I would defer to black folks. Um, I when I first I, I like a lot of people, as I mentioned last hour, thought surely that's Negro Bar. It's Spanish. It's it's a dark spot in the river or something. In the Spanish, uh, the missions uh, they decided tell me that doesn't say Negro. No, it's got to be Negro. Well, it, it's not. It's Negro. And so when I first heard about it years and years ago, I thought, wow, what the hell. And like a lot of people, looked it up and learned something, and and learned something about the lives of of black miners, and um, which makes you in turn think, well, okay, what happened after that, or how they do, or how are they treated, or you know, a hundred other questions. You're not supposed to learn and open up perspectives. You're supposed to shut down and close things off, Joe. It's My mistake. 2018. My mistake. My mistake. Um. So I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not going to get stirred up about it. I just think it's it's really kind of a cool opportunity to learn about, um, you know, a, a chapter in the fascinating, troubling, turbulent uh, story of of Black America. But y'all do whatever you want. 
with your uh, your state park. I would, I would kind of like to wonder uh, if we were to have some sort of just very brief debate, and I'm talking like three sentences each, or maybe 30 seconds each, and then have black America vote on it. I wonder how that vote would go. I think I know. I think the vast majority of people who are not represented by the crazy activist types and the always looking for offense types would say, no, I think it it draws attention to a chapter in our history. But, you know, it's just my opinion. If you differ, please feel free to email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, and we'll uh, feature a couple of those uh, emails tomorrow, this time. Actually, wouldn't that be a grand idea? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I think it's it's a tribute. It's not an insult. But uh, that's just the way I see it. So I'm looking at this story about large U.S. cities with the best rental housing accessibility rate, which is the highest percentage of rental housing stock with burden-free rents, meaning 30% or less of your median household income. If you hit 30% of your household income, you're considered burdened. Boy, I was higher than that at times in my life, back when I couldn't afford two beers when I went out. Um, But anyway, they're saying 30%. The reason this is a bit of a head-scratcher to me is I'm looking at San Francisco, and it's saying um, this is among the best rental housing accessibility rates. 68% of people can afford a median rent. It's probably because the median income is ninety two grand. Well, that seems like a lot. So we're talking about a third, roughly. So that would be you're spending thirty grand a year on rent, which is less than three grand a month. Well, we're talking median though, and there's a lot of really scary friggin' neighborhoods in San Francisco that you don't want to live unless you're particularly adept at knife fighting. And you're very light on your streets and can dodge needles and poo everywhere you go. Um, you know, this it's funny. This this is somewhat interesting to look at. You know, in Jacksonville, Florida, which is a pretty big metro area, um, uh, half of the rental stock is, uh, only half of the rental stock is burden-free rents. But the median income there is 38 grand. So I'm not sure, well, I'm not sure what to make of this, honestly. I mean, there are plenty of places... Um, Arlington, Texas. I don't know how scary those places are. This reminds me of, we often talk about national statistics are useless, because what's true in Coon Holler, Kentucky, has got nothing to do with what's true in Seattle. In terms of, you know, dollars and cents statistics. And I just, I don't know. I Like, we were talking about St. Louis earlier. I happen to have spent a fair amount of time in St. Louis for various reasons I won't bore you with uh, in my younger years. And there are parts of St. Louis that are absolutely magnificent, and there are some that make Chicago look like, you know, Hollywood, California. Uh, St. Louis and East St. Louis are scary parts of it. So the median rent there is $2,500 a month. I don't know if that gives me any useful information. The rent is too damn high. Let's see. So they talk about San Francisco, so maybe I'll finish the discussion with that. Given all the talk about the high cost of living in San Francisco, it may be surprising to learn that a median income renter can afford to live in 68% of rental homes there. But it starts to make sense when you look at what median income means in San Francisco. First of all, the median renter household income clocks in at $92,000, almost two and a half times the national level. Favorable lake, so in other words, you've got to be really, really making a lot of money to even hope to live in a decent place. But everybody knows that, so yeah, meh. 
Meh. Michael, what's your opinion on the rent? The rent is too damn high. I agree. I agree. Speaking of housing issues, listen to this, would you? The Internet of Things is going to be so wonderful. Your, your doorbell will be online and your garage door opener and your toaster oven will be online. And Don't you get can, me started about the thermostat. You can program your thermostat and your reclining chair and your coffee maker will now be hooked up to Google and the rest of Home monitoring system hacked by Stranger. Stranger begins influencing child. This is like a freaking poltergeist movie. Right? The details next. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. Nothing can break me down. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So you have to go out on November 6th or sooner. Who voted? Who voted? Oh, wow. Everybody voted already? No kidding. Let me see it again. Who voted? Then what the hell am I doing here tonight? Goodbye. It's Donald J. There are astounding numbers uh, coming out about early voting and uh, absentee voting already. They're setting records in many, many, many different places. There are there are a handful of uh, precincts and counties and districts where they think the early voting and the absentee voting will exceed all voting from the 2014 midterm. Wow. Which is just crazy. So... It would appear that America may well be so into politics right now, we will have mediocre turnout, which have, for us is great. Do you have any uh, opinion on the the voting should be a, a holiday thing to so people can take the day off and vote? Do you think that's a non-issue with really, all the, the early voting available now? Yeah, I think I think at this point, yeah, it's a non-issue. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting question, but I don't I just... Uh, no, I don't like forced holidays anyway. I just, in general, I want the government out of my hair. So, uh, a lot of talk about divisions and hate and uh, hate speech and who's whipping up crazy people to hurt whom, and both sides are pointing at each other while their own side is doing precisely, precisely what they're accusing the other side of doing. Meanwhile, you got the media and the uh, president, who's the guy from The Apprentice, Donald Trump. Uh, talked in clip 13 about uh, the media. After this day of unity and togetherness, I came home and sadly turned on the news and watched as the far left media once again used tragedy to sow anger and division. Sadly, they took a small group of protesters far away from where we were because we could not 
have been treated better, the First Lady and myself, but we're representing the presidency. And they did everything in their power to try to play it up and push people apart. That's what's happening there, pushing people apart. It was fake and it was make-believe what they said. I came home, looked forward to seeing it, and it was sad. And when we talk about division, this is a big part of the division, right there. He's pointing to the media at the back of the hall. You know, there's a use for partisanship, not not like rampant, insane, religious fervor, wackadoo partisanship, but partisanship because you know, if you're having a basketball game, positive Sean, you pay play pickup basketball, right? Yeah. yeah. If you have to call fouls on yourself and that's the only way a foul can be called the game is going to come out differently than you're if you're calling fouls on each other right i mean and every human being knows that and so you know that there is absolutely usefulness in democrats and the left-leaning media which is virtually all of it calling fouls on the right that's that's fine it ought to be you know those of us who don't trust government at all you know that's fine and vice versa, obviously. But, you know, we're at this point now where just everybody's screeching at each other. And, well, there are times of unity. There are times of disunity. And now's the time of disunity. Generally speaking, you got to have a war or a cataclysm or a Martian attack or, or something. Perhaps a royal wedding <laughs> to bring people together. I don't know what it's going to be this time, but <clears throat> you can leave me out of the hate. In, in my kind of idealized view of what it should be is... Both parties are strong and healthy enough to keep the other party in check because they're the only ones that are in the position to do so. Right. And I think either party left unchecked is equally flawed. But keep in mind, that's absolutely true, but keep in mind that they argue on camera, then off camera slap each other's backs. Yes. And go to the same cocktail parties, the kids go to the same schools, they go to the same churches, they they go to the same financial advisors because they're all getting so rich. Something I'm becoming more and more aware of. Right. The the, the fight that you, some of y'all are so whipped up and it's mostly fake. You know, it's funny. Um, there's a classic rock station in uh, Chicago where I grew up that my brother-in-law, John, used to call the Won't Get Fooled Again station because they played that song like 10 times a day. And once he pointed it out, it, it was true. Um, but I happened to hear that song in the last day or so, and it's funny. I always knew it was insightful and a really good song. It's a great old song by The Who, if you're not familiar with it. Um, I always knew it was f- funny and s- and and snark and cynical. Uh, at least it's skeptical. It's more skeptical and cynical. Um, but the longer I live, and the more cycles of these sorts of things I see, the more true it is. Um, you know, if you don't if you don't know the lyrics, um, you know the change it had to come. We knew it all along. We were liberated from the fold. That's all. And the world looks just the same. And history ain't changed because the banners, they were all flown in the last war. Uh, I'll tip my hat to the new Constitution. Take a bow for the new revolution. Smile and grin at the change all around. Then pick up my guitar and play just like yesterday. Then I'll get on my knees and pray we don't get fooled again. And then my, there's like a screech. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's the greatest. Yeah. In the history of rock and roll. Um, and then my uh, my favorite verse is I think it's the last one. Yeah. Uh, 
There's nothing in the streets looks any different to me, and the slogans are replaced by the by, and the parting on the left is now the parting on the right, and the beards have all grown longer overnight. Amen to that, Pete. Is that the same uh, meet the new boss, same as the old boss? Oh, yeah. And the, yeah the last line of the song yeah. is meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Love that song. No kidding. It's not about R versus D. It's about you know those who run things and those of us who do not. And those of you who do not, I'm your brave little champion. So you get your uh, Nest system. It's uh, cameras, right? It's they're hooked up yeah, to the internet a, and microphones and stuff, so you can hear what's going on in your house. Yeah, you can monitor and, them via your cell phone when you're away. You can interact right. via intercoms. Yeah, right. You, your kids, you can keep an eye on your kids. Uh-huh. I mean, that's and Nest ads, and this is from, um, well, it's from a news station. Doesn't really matter, but. Uh, they mentioned that the Nest ads will show you beautiful images of mother, um, uh, mother nature on outdoor cameras or life's silly moments and when your child is up to no good and watching your kid because you've got to be at work and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But here's a mother on Long Island. She and her husband are kicking around in a kitchen and, uh, and the son comes running out of the playroom and says, Mommy, it's not Daddy talking to me. It's not Daddy. Nearly every day after school, this mother said her five-year-old son chats with her husband through the Nest Cam, a home monitoring system. This time, however, it was a complete stranger on the other end. He asked my son if he took the school bus home, and he was asking about the toys he was playing with. When my son said, Mommy, Mommy, he told him to shut up. When she walked into the child's playroom, the ominous voice addressed her directly. How Halloween horror movie is this? The voice is coming from the house. Actually, it wasn't, but um, now she's frightened and wondered how long a complete stranger was watching her family. Um, as for Nest, she was simply told to change her password and switch to a two-factor verification when logging in. Which seems to kind of miss the point of it, right? Like, it. <laughs> It's not. I'm not worried about my password being compromised. Right. Are you selling me things that are allowing outsiders to spy on and interface with my children? Well, that assumes that the password breach was how the other person got into... Um, right. Yeah. Well, a Nest spokesperson, spokeshole, said, uh, quote, We've seen instances where a small number of Nest customers have reused passwords that were previously exposed through breaches on other websites and made public. So you use password123 on all your sites, including, say, Netflix, and that got hacked, and so it's out there. So you got strangers watching your kids. Oogie. Marshall Phillips, do you have some headlines for us? I do indeed. We've got a California cop killer now at the center of a new Trump political ad. Turns out Canada is running out of pot and saying goodbye to one of baseball's greatest. Coming up minutes from now. You can't have our pot, Canada. Don't even ask. Don't bogart that joint, <laughs> Canada. <laughs> All right, we'll have those stories and, and much more. Coming up, Armstrong and Getty Show. to comprehend the the pretzel that the San Francisco Board of Supervisors is tying itself in 
dealing with this uh, California water plan that the Board of Supervisors had been in favor of, but now the Trump administration is in favor of it, so now they're against it. Even though they think it could lead to severe drinking water shortages for its nearly million residents. Well, confused by this all. They hate Trump so much they're going against their own interests? Huh. It wouldn't surprise me. Maybe I'll try to comprehend the ins and outs of it and get back to you. Marshall Phillips, what are our headlines? Well, Democrats are slamming an ad that President Trump has posted on Twitter. Now, the ad features Luis Bracamontes, an illegal immigrant who was convicted of killing a couple of Northern California police officers in 2014. The guy's a monster. He had been previously deported twice. Now, during his expletive-riddled courtroom speech, Bracamontes warns police he will kill again. California limiting how much local law enforcement can cooperate with the feds to enforce immigration law. And in posting the ad, Trump tweeted, It is outrageous what the Democrats are doing to our country. The ad ends with President Trump and Republicans making America safe again. On CNN, Democratic National Committee Chairman Tom Perez called the ad a racial dog whistle and very divisive. He is one of many Democrats who are speaking out against his Twitter ad. Okay. Yeah, all right. I guess I've had enough division for one day. All right, go ahead. What's what's next? I can't even bring myself to comment on it. Meanwhile, the president's going to deliver some... Blah, brief- blah, blah. Not all illegals are criminals. Blah, blah, blah. He is a monster and a criminal. Blah, blah, blah. He was deported many times. Blah, blah, blah. We have a broken system. We need to fix it. Is this guy a fair representation? Et cetera, et cetera. Blah, blah, blah. There you go. Meanwhile, I earned my paycheck for the day. Meanwhile, the president's going to deliver some brief remarks about immigration at the White House this afternoon. The press secretary, Sanders, saying the remarks will focus on the illegal immigration crisis and border security. The speech set for 115 West Coast time. Both parties complicit. Decades. No reform. No real reform. It's inexplicable, except that they're all in on it. Back to you. Now our neighbor to the north, Canada, has become the world's largest national marketplace for recreational marijuana, but things have gotten off to a rather bumpy start. The first weeks have felt more like a soft openings with very free, uh, few retail outlets operating and rampant supply shortages. In Quebec, government-run shops closed for three days this week because there was no pot to sell. Huh. The Canadian government is taking steps to... Sorry, speed- folks, we're out of pot! To speed up the process, adding 300 people to more quickly process licenses for producers. So they've got the market ready to go, but they don't have any supply because apparently red or blue tape has gotten in the way. Sorry to hear that. And a leading- with the global warming, there'll be like, you know, 50 million acres of pot growing in the <laughs> yes. Yukon. And then the global or certainly the uh, continental pot shortage will be alleviated. Meanwhile, a leading British surgeon is warning today's medical uh, school students who grew up constantly using screens are not as skillful with their hands because they didn't make or do things with their hands in the way previous generations did. Now, this uh, surgeon, Roger Kneebone, professor of surgical education at Imperial College in London, telling the BBC that by spending so much time online, children aren't getting the kind of practical skills Acquired from hobbies like cooking, woodwork, playing a musical instrument, or model making, they're not using their hands in the same way. So I believe that. 
they're losing their dexterity. Hmm, interesting. You know, I, uh, I heard a feature about uh, moms and dads are having, what do they call them, bacterial baptisms for their babies now. Because so many babies are delivered via C-section. Right. And science has not yet begin begun to fully describe the effects that has on a child. It's not the way kids are meant to be born. Right. I understand it's necessary in some cases, and, and certainly, you know, it, it saves lives. In some, in a very few cases, a lot of women have opted to have it done because they don't want their body to be affected and for convenience because you can schedule it, which right. to me is Looney Tunes. But, you know, you do what you're, with your body what you want. Um, but they, it is now beyond dispute that the birth process, when the amniotic sac breaks and the kid actually emerges from the woman's birth canal. He is like a little baby. That's right, Mr. President. Very good. That the kid's uh, immune system is jump-started right. by that very process. Right. And it flips a switch, and, and that system gets up and running in a big hurry. And if the kid is born via C-section in a sterile operating room, that it doesn't happen in the same way. And they think that has profound effects on the kid's immune system through their childhood, and perhaps even adulthood, so which now, is really wild. So now parents are doing bacterial baptism. Right, exactly. They're... Uh, I don't know exactly what they do or how they spray right. it on the kid, but they're trying to jumpstart the kid's immune system that way. On another note, disgraced movie mogul Harvey Weinstein is being accused of sexually assaulting a teenager in New York. According to a new class action uh, lawsuit against Weinstein, the woman was a 16-year-old former model from Poland. She claimed she was sexually abused by Weinstein in 2002. Now, she's alleging she agreed to meet him for a business lunch he was going to help kickstart her career, but instead of offering her career help, she was taken to his Soho apartment where she was sexually assaulted. Wow, the depths of this guy's immorality know no bounds. Yep, so she is being added to the list of people going after Harvey Weinstein. I mean, he's ruined already, but I certainly hope he ends up in a jail. It's unbelievable. He's, he's an evil, evil man. Yep. You know, Howard Dean called the president evil. I don't think he is in quite the same way. We have one last tip of the cap to a really good guy, a really great man, San Francisco Giants, Willie McCovey, the legend, the Hall of Fame legend. He passed away yesterday at age 80. The slugging first baseman blasted 521 career home runs. He played 19 of his 22 major league seasons with the Giants before he retired in 1980. Giants releasing a statement saying McCovey did pass away peacefully after losing his battle with ongoing health issues. Sorry to hear that. Final fellow, great ball player, no roids, 500-plus home runs, unbelievable yep. hitter. Yep. That's oh, right. hey, I just saw an ad for um, Bernie Sanders is pitching Prop 10 in California. That's the rent control right. uh, law that will backfire and reduce uh, rental properties and make it worse. The rent is and, too damn high. And you would think that Bernie would know that. And, and the slogan of it is the rent is too damn high, Michael. <laughs> the rent is too damn high. People listen to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's wrapped at your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Oh, Squawky, can we hold together as a nation through this midterm election? And emerge from the other side. Remember that we all love each other. Except the people we hate. We don't love them. There's a lot of hate in Google these days. Oh, yeah. Their uh, super progressive workforce is angry at their management. As Google reaps what it has sown. Also, the Peter Out featuring final thoughts coming up in a moment on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The sun came out. 
making it easy to be an illegal alien isn't enough. How about offering a reward for being an illegal immigrant? No, no sane country would do that, right? Guess again. If you break our laws by entering this country without permission and give birth to a child, we reward that child with U.S. citizenship and guarantee a full access to all public and social services this society provides. And that's a lot of services. That's radical Republican er Democrat Harry Reid, the floor of the Senate back in the 90s. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Everybody voted for the wall not long ago, before it was the Trump thing. Everybody agreed you can't give all sorts of benefits to people who sneak into the country. That's rewarding illegality. The Democrat was the Democrat Party platform. And, you know, look, I respect people who say I changed my mind or I've learned more or I've come to appreciate X, Y, and Z. I, I respect that. I completely do. Um, but then to accuse people who agree with you of being horrible people just because a little time has passed and they hold the same view you used to espouse on the floor of the U.S. Senate. But, you know, listen, I, I wouldn't paint my Democrat friends with Harry Reid. He's a soulless cipher he's an ugly lying you know just nasty human being and i'm glad he's gone uh out of power anyway so listen to this those of you who 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 sport grand conspiracy theories all the time jack and i are are rebuttal to a lot of your theories a lot of the time has been have you ever worked with the government or have you ever been part of a big organization they're not good at stuff. <laughs> um, now, I will grant you, like the NSA, listening into phone calls and and um, surveilling U.S. citizens, a lot of that stuff turned out to be true. In fact, heck, the uh, Justice Department was listening to phone calls in Trump Tower. That's now undeniable. But listen to this one, would you? You remember Maria Butina, who was arrested for being a secret agent for the Russians? She was that hot chick who had like 12 different looks from innocent schoolgirl to femme fatale to like pigtailed flannel shirt wearing lumberjack girl. I mean, she's like we talked about her the other day. She was like the holodeck from Star Trek for heterosexual <laughs> fantasies and lesbian, too, I'd assume. But anyway, before she was busted, she was a graduate student at American University. And here's what she was working on. A sensitive project involving cybersecurity. Her gig, her college assignment, was to gather information on the cyber defenses of U.S. nonprofits that champion media freedom and human rights, including a couple that are the objects of great uh, Vladimir Putin Russian anger. So, this Russian agent was a grad student at a university quote-unquote, studying the cyber defenses of Putin's enemies. And she, they were told, don't contact these organizations without permission from the guy overseeing the study, but they did anyway. Uh, one of the key players in this is uh, the nonprofit group Internews, which works extensively with the U.S. government to bolster the free, free flow of information in dangerous parts of the world. It has drawn Russian ire with some of its programs in Russia and neighboring countries. Um. And so, so she was placed, you know, as a mole there, obviously. Um, here's the interesting part about this. <clears throat> An individual who's worked on U.S. programs in Ukraine told the AP after Butina's arrest, he was briefed by U.S. officials who expressed concern 
about her work and who and what it may have uh, exposed. Um, the State Department says we weren't involved with the project, even though we were involved in this internews organization. Um, the local nonprofit said he was unaware of the project. Uh, where's, the, where's the part that I like the most? Um, so, Internews said the students weren't given access. I'm sorry, that part's irrelevant. Spokeswoman said the selection of the students and the roles and activities of the research was determined determined solely by American University. Internews is currently reviewing our relationship with the university-led student project. So, the nonprofit said, we thought the university was checking. American University says, we don't do background checks. We thought the State Department vetted foreign applicants before fully issuing visas. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, Ms. Butina's lawyers aren't talking. So, everybody assumed everybody else was determining who might be a Russian spy. Right. And this chick was allowed to work on this operation, even after some news reports had surfaced questioning who she was and why she was always in Washington, D.C., right. and had become this high-profile like personality around the city, and that there were, there were whispers that she might be a Russian agent. She was still allowed to work on the project. So, that's unbelievable. That's just crazy. Her project was led by Eric Novotny, a cybersecurity expert who has a high security clearance as an advisor to the State Department. One of Novotny's AU courses was called Cyber Warfare, Terrorism, Espionage, and Crime. Um, Novotny told the AP that even after press reports about Butina raised questions about her connections to the Russian government, he was obligated to treat her like any other student. I've always observed university policies and rules during my academic career, he said, fearful of something or other. Wow, wow, nice security we have in this country. We've now entered Final Thoughts with your host, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. That was uh, interesting. All right, let's get a final thought from everybody on the squad, beginning with Marshall Phillips. Marshall? I'm heading home now to clean up after yesterday's 3.15 to 5.30 p.m. Halloween festivities at the Phillips home. No trick-or-treaters, but boy, I made a mess. (laughs) Positive, Sean, do you have a final thought for us? Yeah, now that Halloween is in our rearview mirror, we can finally focus on the holiday that matters. What are we eating for Thanksgiving, people? Let's start figuring this out. I need mashed potatoes, and I need a lot of them. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Michelangelo, final thought? I had a choice. Give out walnuts or Hershey Kisses. I chose walnuts for a healthy treat. I will be cleaning up eggs and toilet paper for the next few hours. (laughs) The kids are picky. Very nice. Uh, Jack's final thought will be kept to himself because he uh, he went home midway through the show because he's sick. My final thought is, if you're sick, stay home. <laughs> what the hell, dude? Realize he comes from hardy and earnest to Iowa farm stock, but yes, this isn't eight. a farm. This is an office. Right. The ventilation's kind of poor. You feel his microbes crawling all over me. <laughs> is that what those are? I've used so, so much hand. I've actually bathed in hand sanitizer. Now I smell like a gin and tonic. <laughs> and no, I haven't had a gin and tonic. It's hand sanitizer, I swear to God. <laughs> right. Nor the bottle in my bottom drawer. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. So go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have a oh. video of the uh, the open mic debate argument on the oh. uh, on the website. Check Absolutely it out. Absolutely delicious. Politicians yeah. and their 
rabid bulldog handlers arguing over whether there should be notes allowed in a debate. It's hilarious. Enjoy that. Plus, you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If there's something we ought to be talking about, send it along. Y'all are great at uh, looking out for that. Uh, see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye bye. <laughs> Early bird special, kids. Two pieces of whorehound candy before fire. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.